The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to the season finale of Are You Afraid? Hashtag AH Stories, a PapiChuloRadio.com original series. PapiChulo Radio celebrating a decade of podcasting excellence. Today is Monday, August 23rd, 2021, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on FX on Hulu's American Horror Stories. Please welcome my co-hosts, Priscilla Rocha. Hey, everybody. And Vinny Hatcher. Howdy, y'all. That was interesting. Let's jump into our discussion. <laughs> I had to. Yes. Of uh, Season 1, Episode 7, which was titled Game Over and premiered on August 19th, 2021 via FX on Hulu. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. A couple dares to spend a night in one of the most infamous haunted houses. Dun, dun, dun. So, yes, that does happen, but that happens within like the first 12 minutes. So, they, they try to keep a hella vague. So, this is the season finale of the very first season of the spinoff American Horror Stories. We're back in the murder house, and I will say this. When I read the synopsis a couple weeks ago, I was like, oh, okay, we're going back to the murder house. Really? Question mark? Exclamation point? Question mark? And so then when I thought of, like, what this episode could be, and after I did see some leaks of, like, pictures of, uh, you know, certain characters that are iconic to the AHS franchise, and then I saw some casting stuff, and I was like, what the hell is this episode going to be? And I will say, what I saw was not at all what I thought this episode was going to be. And I'm incredibly torn about this episode. So I'm very curious to hear what both of you are going to have to say. Um... It'd be interesting if one of you really liked it and then one of you hated it, so you'll, you will be like the angel and the devil on my shoulder trying to convince me of which is correct. It'd be hella interesting if both of y'all hated it, if both of y'all loved it and tried to lure me to your side. We'll see what ends up happening. But um, I was wondering, like I was like, trying to formulate how we were going to break this down. Because we usually talk about the theme and the characters and all that kind of stuff. And we're just going to jump into the twists. And we're going to talk about the first twist first. And we'll, well, yeah, second twist second, clearly. So we see the episode. We see two characters. They are going to the murder house. And they understand American Horror Story. Because they are fans of American Horror Story. That's how they know about the murder house. 
We have two characters, Dylan and Connie. A wink, wink, nod, nod to the names of the actual actors that played the Harmons. And we see them going to the murder house. And they're going to experience like, an B, like a B&B style, or an Airbnb, I should say, style escape from the murder house experience. Where they're living in the house that inspired American Horror Story. And we see them get down. They have um, some of the most pathetic sex that I think I've ever seen in American Horror Story, period. And then they get tortured by the denizens of the murder house. But there are also a couple of people that were not in the murder house. And we realize the first twist of the episode, that it's the fact that we're watching a video game being played out that's inspired by American Horror Story. So, let's talk about what we saw. They pulled kind of like a scream on us, where we thought we were going in one direction, then all of a sudden it was a hella different. Uh, Priscilla, what do you think of the opening of the episode? Everything that we saw with, uh, you know, Connie and Dylan in their Airbnb experience. And what did you think of the reveal that what we were watching was a video game? I liked it. I thought that I thought I thought it was pretty cool. I thought um it explained the short sex for that for that matter. Um and I thought it explained the the inconsistencies, like the having um, the girl shoot that shoot them, and you were just kind of like, well, "Wait, you're not supposed to be dead, and you're not supposed to be in this game." And having the Hollywood trick or treaters be in the in in the dungeon, and you're like, "Wait, there's no dungeon in this game in in the horror house. What's going on here? Why is this happening?" Like it explained inconsistencies that shouldn't exist in the horror in in the house like i love that you call it the horror house and for a second it sounded like you said the whore house and i laughed in my head same (laughs) i mean there's no dungeons in the whore house well there might be i mean the the murder house but yeah i i i appreciated it i liked it Uh, although i will say they did not put any money into the gaming thing because, like, the graphics in it were terrible. <laughs> they, yeah. They were just, it was totally like, Windows this 95. is what you can do when you come from DeVry University. Like, oh. Sort of. Shout out to DeVry. I got my bachelor's there, so I can attest to that. Oh, <laughs> 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 okay. All right. Okay. So Priscilla liked it. Uh, Vinny, what about you? What did you think of it? You know, Jeff, I'm kind of on the same page as you from the sound of it. I'm very torn on this episode. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I it, it feels like a callback to how I felt about the very first episode of the series when I made the joke about diet AHS. Um, like, I went into this knowing the basics, the twist, because one of my partners watched it beforehand and kind of hinted at the video game thing. So I didn't go in with fresh surprise. But even had I not known it, I really wasn't 
blown away. I guess is, I didn't walk away from this with this being one of the most memorable episodes that I've ever seen. I agree with Priscilla. I believe that the effects that were used were very subpar. And okay, I am a very avid gamer. Like that's where I spend a good quarter of my time when I'm not working and I'm not podcasting. And if you have a game that the graphics for the characters are so realistic that it looks like it could be a TV show, then it was kind of a letdown that whatever special effects they had for when you died or, you know, when you beat the level, it was very cheesy. And if the mother was able to achieve such a great level of realism in the character design, I agree. It should have been able to be much better for other aspects of it. So it was kind of half-assed in that regard. I didn't hate this episode. But um, as we were kind of, Priscilla, before we started, had mentioned, like, wait, was this really the season finale? And I kind of feel like that we did not get a really good, truthful season finale. This really didn't feel like a good culmination of the first season for me. So I didn't hate it, but I also didn't love it. I'm still kind of on the fence. Well, I think it's difficult to achieve the true feeling of a season finale when it's an anthology show where it's like a true anthology series where every episode is different so i think that would have been difficult to achieve period my problem with this episode so i will say this i did actually like the episode but the problem that i have with it and both of you know that i can be a bit of continuity police like both of you experienced that on previous podcasts and my issue with it is how meta this episode was. It, it like part of me likes that it was meta because it was very on the nose. It was a shout out and almost like a love letter to the fans. I mean, come on. We had one of the characters ask one of the real questions. Sarah Paulson, why do you hate Roanoke so much? Because I love Roanoke. So, you know, there was a lot of meta-ness to this episode. And part of me liked it. And being a true Gemini, part of me hated it because of the continuity. Because we're supposed to believe American Horror Story is a show that ha- that that all of the shows are tied into one another. And although we haven't really gotten a taste of if any of these standalone episodes tie into the mothership here on American Horror Stories... We do know that the murder house ties into the mothership, and so I am to believe that at least anything that happened at the murder house should be canon to the mothership. So now we have an episode where they're talking about the murder house and American Horror Story as a show, and I'm confused as to how I'm supposed to feel about that. Like, does that ruin some of the canonical stuff that we've seen like i'm very confused like my brain is trying to process it and uh, the little computer in my brain keeps on saying like error 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 because i i don't know how to process process this apparently i can't talk because i'm trying to process all this so yeah that's my problem with it the meta-ness is my problem like if she had been doing a game about the murder house and research the history of the house and all the murders in it, I could have bought it a little bit more, but because they kept on talking about American Horror Story as a show, we see her binge American Horror Story and American Horror Stories. 
I'm also confused as to how any of the characters from the show actually live in the real, I'm using air quotes if y'all can't see, murder house. So I'm, I'm very confused by this episode. Like, I'm trying not to think too hard about it, but we're on a podcast, and we're supposed to think too hard about it. So that's where I stand. But to sort of answer the question that I posed to both of you, I did like the opening... I was very um, distracted by Noah Cyrus because I, I don't think I've ever seen her in anything. Like, I Googled her, and apparently she was on, like, Hannah Montana, which I never watched. Um, I sort of ended with, like, That's So Raven. Um, although I have gone back for Raven's Home. But anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. But I was distracted by, by Noah Cyrus. I, I recognized Adam Hagen Butch from Fuller House. There was someone else in this show from Fuller House, so it was it was a little weird to see some of these people here. Um, but I, I did actually like the opening, and I did like that it was a game, but all the meta-ness confused me. Well, not confused, but um, disturbed might be an actual better word for it. I don't know if any of you, if either of you have uh, a response to the meta-ness that I brought up. What did both of you think of the meta the meta way that they were hella meta about the meta situation. Vinny? I hated it. <laughs> I, I did not enjoy the meta aspect at all. I think that it was, I don't know if pretentious is the right word. I, I think part of my problem is I, I can't really grasp what the purpose of this episode was other than another cash grab to end the season the way that it began. Um, but speaking to the meta specifically, it did kind of ruin my immersion. You know, if, American Horror Stories is supposed to be encapsulated within the flagship universe, which we're led to kind of believe by reference or implication. Then doing this also suddenly just makes it like, wait, so do the people in Coven, do they know who Sarah Paulson is, even though Sarah Paulson played one of them? You know what I mean? It just it opens up this rabbit hole of doubt and confusion. And I really didn't care for that aspect. Um I felt like it tried really hard to make the meta happen, and I really I enjoyed Noah Cyrus. I Nylee, um, Noah Cyrus. I completely enjoyed her. I was sad that she was only a cameo type role in the episode. I think that she would have brought a lot to the plate. Um, overall, it was okay, but the meta I, I could have done without the meta. In all honesty, mm -hmm. yeah, the meta just adds a weird stench to this episode. That it's just... hard to do it right. Yeah, and, and it makes me sad because Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk actually wrote the episode. So it's, you know, and they've written on the mothership. It, clearly, this is their child. So I get what they were doing, but it, I don't think it fully worked for me. Um, well, clearly it didn't work it, for me. Uh, Priscilla, what uh, about you? It felt like they didn't keep things, like, right. It they didn't like work they, by their own rules. Yeah, they didn't keep with their own rules. They start, they kept breaking them every like all the time. And if you keep breaking your own rules, then what the hell are they even there for? Like it doesn't make any sense. Nothing makes sense. And as a viewer, it's incredibly frustrating to see that. Like yeah. you're like, okay, does that mean that the actors exist in your world, but then they don't? But the show exists, but then. Again, the characters also exist, and they're real, too. And what does that even really mean, then, about 
people in that world and what does that mean about the video game and what does that mean about the rubber ball at the end and what is oh god this, this it's just it's a headache it's it's oh it's just dumb. it is i agree with you 100 percent. because the only thing that i can think and this is headcanon because i'm trying to explain to myself what i just saw and it's that American Horror Story, the series, is inspired by real-life events. So the murder house exists, and everything that happened in the murder house is real. And so American Horror Story, the series, slash American Horror Stories, the spinoff, is inspired by real-life American horrors. Because that would be the only way any of this makes sense. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of diving a little bit. I'm tiptoeing into the next twist. But at one point, we have the main character of this episode going to the murder house. And she's interacting with the murder house denizens. And in the beginning, although she doesn't really say it explicitly, but she's like... She sees Dylan McDermott's character, Dr. Ben Harmon. And she thinks he's Dylan McDermott, because she's like, what are you doing here on Halloween? Oh, you must do this as a gag for people to come here. I guess, you know, you're going all method is basically what she's saying. But then she realizes that he really is Ben Harmon. So that's where stuff just doesn't work for me, because it's like my brain is trying to compute. What the hell am I watching? How am I supposed to explain this? And we don't really even get ground rules for the episode. Like, we're so used to the ground rules, as Priscilla said, for the series, that this episode just breaks all of them, and it makes it incredibly confusing. Had they done what I said, had this just been a woman with a really annoying assholey son that talks to his mother in ways that he should never be talking to anybody's mother... I will say, um, if it just been about them and they're both fans of the murder house because they've heard about it because they've been on the tours and she's creating a video game about the murder house, that would have made sense. But they had to say that it was a video game about American horror story. And I was like, that just, mm. I don't know, but it just, it just, I guess, um, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the second section, since I already sort of tiptoed into it. So, well, actually, before we get into the second section, let's talk about the family dynamic. I already explained what I feel about, what was his name, Rory? Can I just say, like, I had to look up Mercedes Mason a little bit, because I've seen her in stuff, and I usually enjoy her in stuff. Um, Mercedes Mason uh, played... Um, Michelle. And I had to look up her ethnic background because I'm like, she's apparently playing American because if she had been Latina or something, there's no way in hell that child would be talking to a Latina mama like that. I'm just saying. He would have gotten slapped. Um, so she is the one that's making this video game. She's doing it for her son. Um, he's a big douchebag and uh, we learn that she's an obsessive and when she sort of uh, you know she she starts a task she likes to complete it we end up learning that the whole second half of the episode is her second attempt at the video game because we get that reveal i'm very confused as to what was real 
after the the first game was played and what was video game did either of you struggle with that what do you think was real was her conversation with her ex real and probably not because she's talking about going to the murder house like i'm so confused as to what was real and what wasn't should we just take everything post her conversation with her child where where he was like we should have just binged it together like everything post that was the second video game yeah i was really confused it also confuses me about the ending of the episode because with what happens after the house was burned down, was the house actually burned down? Because that happened in the video game. So I was even more confused when they did that part. Um, I was just generally like, I tried to wrap my head around it and I had to stop because I was frustrating myself. It just, I agree with you 100%. It, the reality of the episode was very hard to discern. And they're, you know, call the continuity police, woo, 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 woo. Um, th- that part was really hard to follow in in general so i completely agree with you priscilla maybe you can explain it to us i think that as soon as um as soon as he was like this game is boring it switches to her like it like working on the game and it switches to her um she's binging the series yeah she's binging the series and then it works on that and then it then it works on the 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 opposite factor of nothing nothing from there from there on in is real it's all part of the game okay so the binging is real and then everything afterwards is the game yeah okay yeah because i think the next scene immediately after the binging is when she goes and she checks out the murder house hey tom link from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you are now a grown-up. You are not a teenager anymore. I was like, oh no. Tom Link. I don't know if either of you recognized him. Wait, from... was that the realtor? Yes, from Buffy. Oh my god, I, I thought it was him, but in my mind I was like, no, he can't have aged that much, but I guess he has. Yes. Yeah. I was like, oh no, Buffy. You're not a teenager anymore. Yes. So, okay. So everything from with the realtor beyond is the video game. All right. So let's talk about this this simulation. Um, for us, it felt real because it was like the relationship between the mother and the child. It continued on into the game. Uh, once the game ended, uh, it was interesting because the the child in real life was like oh you know i like the dynamic between the mother and the son so he didn't really see the son as him which i thought was interesting which i guess makes sense you know um so what did we think of the second story where it is michelle she purchases the murder house i should actually put purchase in air quotes because she doesn't have the money to do it she's really just going there to experience it it is halloween night so all the ghosts are out and about uh, what did we think of her interaction with the ghosts uh we are going to talk about ruby and scarlet separately in a moment so try to save any opinions on them until you know just a couple minutes from now uh priscilla your thoughts about michelle in the murder house i thought that 
she like at, at first I was like, wait, how do you have the money to buy this house? But no, it made sense <laughs> later that she that, that she's like, no, I'm flat broke. I'm just making this realtor run with his tail but, but around his legs because he's not he doesn't know that I'm flat broke. Okay, but um. When she went around visiting the ghost, I was like, oh, my God, this chick is dumb. What is she doing? And at, at the time, I was like, and what What are we What are we as fans supposed to be getting from this? And a part of me felt just, like, just kind of detached from the whole thing, just, just very clinical about it, just feeling like, are we supposed to be feeling as fans that we're supposed to get explanations as to why the murder house exists and really as fan do we, do we need this cuz the whole magic of the murder house is that as fans you come up with your own theories as to why the murder house exists and when someone a character flat out explains it to you you it kind of loses its appeal doesn't it or it did to me me too I needed an explanation. <laughs> so clearly, that's what I've been begging throughout this entire podcast. I did need an explanation because I, because she is going to the murder house, and we see her as dumb because we know about the murder house. But in her mind, American Horror Story is a television show. So why would any of these people that she's interacting with in the house, as strange as they are, but it is Halloween night, why would they try to murder her? You know what I'm saying? Like, she she wasn't scared. She was trying to understand the appeal of the murder house to try to make the video game. But she didn't know she was actually going into the real, real, real show murder house. So that's where I was confused. So I was like, how the hell does this house exist? Like, I needed just one line. Like I said, one line that said, you know, oh, I was doing research on the show. It turns out all of the stories are based on real life. That's all I needed. And then you know what? That little line, I could have explained away everything else. But because we didn't get it, it made me hella confused. Although I will say, seeing some of our favorite characters back even if it was just for a split second, was really nice. Like, I liked hearing Ben Harmon talk with her because this is a video game and this didn't take place in the real world a la American Horror Stories, real world. Like, none of that's canon, in my opinion. So it's kind of like, this is fan fiction. This is what this episode is. It's, it's fan fiction. But it was fan fiction that was produced to be a television show as a part of a television series that has a certain set of rules, and so now I'm hella confused by all the rules that were broken. Vinny, talk to me about Michelle in the murder house, interacting with Dr. Harmon, and uh, the other doctor, oh gosh, what was her name? Because she was fantastic, even though she just literally got a half a second of screen time. Dr. Grant, yes. Uh, What did you think of Michelle in the murder house? What a waste of Ben Harmon. <laughs> I, you know, I, I loved when I heard that we were going to get him returning um, and potentially seeing Hayton or Abby or what, not Abby was the wife, I think. Um, Hayton was the, 
the college girl, whatever, buried in the backyard. I, I thought I had read that she showed up, but I don't remember actually seeing her. Uh, but no, I feel like it was great to have him back, but I just think they could have done so much better than a video game and her kind of speaking with your Dylan McDermott. Oh, wait, no, you're Ben Harmon, like you mentioned. Um, but if I take, if I suspend my belief disbelief and I just look at the interaction between her and him, it was really well done. Dylan McDermott, as always, brought gravitas to his performance. He, it's been a while since he's played that character, since Apocalypse at least, uh, you know, and even then it wasn't very long. But for him to dive back into the character, it was like putting on an old hat for him. He did a really great job, and I agree. I kind of I've missed that character. I do sometimes miss the suspense and mystery that I felt during the first season of American Horror Story. Something that we'll never get back is our AHS virginity, if you will. You know, the first season, not knowing what was going to happen, not being familiar with the twists and the turns, and so it was very wistful and reminiscent for me to have that character return. And I'm not gonna lie, I had a really good chuckle, and he was like, "I always do that after I masturbate." <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, you're really bringing back the character. Character, and you're bringing back the character at his worst um with the other ghosts and all of that um i feel like the other ghosts were just filler they were also just kind of like background noise um other than him and R- ruby and um scarlet that we'll talk about separately uh it was great to see the infantata again as well i really enjoyed that aspect and, and see the mean girls um but I felt like a lot of that was rushed. I think there was a lot more potential that we could have had with the ghosts if they were really going to end the season with a return to Murder House, uh, especially, you know, with how the season started and we really didn't get a lot of the original characters. You know, if you're going to go back to the Murder House for the third time in what is supposed to be a spinoff series, I would have liked to see more of the original returning ghosts. I know they'd have to pay them a shit ton of money. Um, but for what we got, again, I'll take away my my complaints I enjoyed it. I did enjoy the interactions with the ghosts. I love seeing them all. It, it It's going to sound weird, but it, it warmed my heart to see all of the murderers and murder victims escaping their eternal prison on Halloween night. Um, and even though I can't stand Scarlet, seeing her and Ruby uniting at that moment as well was nice. Um, but yeah, I, I do, overall, I think they could have done better, especially since this was the season finale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the episode ends up bringing hollow to me. Because mm-hmm. none of it is canon now. So it's like we did get some really interesting cameos. And it, it was really nice to see, as you said, Ben Harmon again. And to actually get into his brain. And to also help um, Michelle out. Because Michelle you know, had her own problems. And uh, being able to talk it out. Uh, as we've said before with this anthology series, we're only getting some of these characters for an episode so you know sometimes arcs for characters can feel a little wonky but i felt like michelle actually had a really good arc this episode i I just don't know what to believe because we end up finding out that it's a game so it's like did she really get that arc um probably not i guess Honestly, I would have been happier if she had legitimately died and the house got burned down by him and all that stuff instead of coming out of it and that being part of the video game. Well, it would have certainly, you know, put a button on Murder House. I mean, they would have never been able to do the Murder House again. (laughs) But, yeah. um, Okay. Scarlet and Ruby. Let's talk about them. The first thing that I want to say 
they will never be Violet and Tate. And I was never, what do they call them? Violet Taters? Like, I was never a Violet and Tate fan. But I do understand that they are iconic. It's kind of Romeo and Juliet-ish. Like, I, I can understand why some people, I feel like it was women. But maybe it, maybe it was not. Maybe it was all, you know, the, the entire spectrum out there that liked them. I never really understood it. I was not behind it. I saw him as a murderer, killer, psychopath. Why would I want him with her? She was like, you know, a cinnamon roll. Like, we, are, we should have protected Violet. Anyway, I do understand it's a thing. Scarlet and Ruby, you will never be Violet and Tate. And I hate that it seems like they're really trying to make them the next Violet and Tate. And for me, none of that worked in this episode. Like, there was so much focus on them. And then we find out that none of this shit is real anyway. And I'm like, they are not Violet and Tate. And I understand, um, you know, Taisa, Farmiga, Evan Peters. You know, they are a little bit older now. They still look young. But maybe, you know, they don't want to play teenagers again. So maybe that's why they, we couldn't get Violet and Tate again. So we had Violet and Tate... 2.0 but they just didn't work for me for whatever reason like it, it just yeah priscilla you did like scarlet i do remember that from it feels like a thousand years ago when we did the murder house the first time here on american horror stories what did you think of all of the scarlet and ruby stuff in this episode seeing them again having them reunite on halloween finding out that she became an assassin and made a whole bunch of money. So when the murder house does end up getting burnt down, she goes back and she searches for Ruby. And then Ruby shows up in the rubber suit and it is game over because, you know, we need them together, I guess, in the game. What'd you think of everything, Scarlet and uh, Ruby? It was so trite. Wait, 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 wait. Why am I just now noticing Scarlet and Ruby? I don't know. Did you notice that before? The names? I did. Okay. I don't think I've noticed that until right now. Scarlet and Ruby. All right, Priscilla, continue. I'm sorry. It was just so dried and stupid and just saturated. Everything I didn't want in it. Like, I liked when they were just, like, two murderers that were star-crossed lovers that were meeting every once in a while and once in a blue moon because they could, because reasons, I guess, like, because one wanted to be alive and one couldn't be alive for the other person. Like, it, that was interesting to me. When it was more like, no, I want to be dead with you, but you've been purified, so we can't be together, so... Because you shouldn't exist anymore. But now you're in a rubber suit and you came back because you were one of the only ghosts that didn't want to be that didn't want to be purified along with everybody else. Like it just it just didn't make any sense. Nothing made sense. And again, it's the whole thing where like not the rules don't matter if Brian Murphy Ryan Murphy doesn't want them to matter. And obviously he didn't want them to matter because he wanted him, he wanted these two women to be together. And it was just, 
asinine. I don't know. I I, I hated the fact that they that they ended up together. I would have preferred had she ended up like saving her from the fire or had she been like die with me and she's like okay and they would have like ended up in the flames together some i don't know write something else that's more realistic than i than than i summon you back from the depths of wherever wherever you came from from hell because true love never dies it's just Oh God! It's, <laughs> I should I should watch West or something. I don't know. I still don't understand. So maybe I missed it. But the kid burned the house down in the part that was the video game, right? The kid burned the house down in the video game. This is all the video game. The happy ending between Scarlet and Ruby. Oh, that's right. That's what I forgot. Okay, is never the mind video that. game? Yeah, I also hated that part. E- yes. So all the ghosts moved on, whether they wanted to or not, but but Ruby stayed behind because she was so in love. And, um, yeah. And she also stayed behind with the rubber suit because, you know, I mean, you know, it's what brought them together, I guess. Um, I mean, you can kind of play it. I mean, it, it doesn't make me like it anymore, but that actually puts a little bit more of it into perspective. If, like, if the mother... The whole issue at the beginning was you don't know, you didn't capture the characters right, and you didn't do it. And sure, the second attempt was better, but she still would have a long way to go. I guess that would go a little further towards explaining the continuity errors to some degree, but I don't know. I still think, yeah. (laughs) Okay. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole because my head will start hurting. Yes, but we can all agree that Scarlet and Ruby will never be violent and Tate, right? No, I would have. I could. I could see like Scarlet and Tate having been an awesome couple, but no, I, I, I still don't like Scarlet and the triteness and it. The things that they did in this episode, even in the video game, and it wasn't really the real world. Whatever. It just. I, what killed me was, die for me. Really. I literally was like deadpan staring at the screen when Ruby screamed that, and I did laugh when Scarlet was a coward and walked away. That part was actually true to Scarlet's character. I could so see her doing that. But yeah, no. Yeah. And we can all agree that the child, Rory, was horrible to his mother, right? He was an asshole. (laughs) He was. Priscilla, Rory... As as a Hispanic kid, I would have gotten like my butt whipped so many times that I, I talked to my, butt my mother the way he talked to his mother. I have no idea whether like it comes from like being a child of divorce or something that lets you talk that freely to your mom that way or something like that. I I don't know, but damn, that's 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 weird. Yes, I don't even think I cursed in front of my parents until I was like in college. Like, Dude, when I cursed as a kid, I got a bar of soap in my mouth. <laughs> Gotta love the 80s. Yeah, that's it's too much, too much, too much. Okay, so at the end of the episode, we realize that everything that we saw with Michelle purchasing, in air quotes, the murder house, living in the murder house, Dying in the murder house, being a ghost in the murder house, 
the child burning down the murder house, the murder house turning into, well, not turning into, but them building condos on the murder house. All of that was the game 2.0. It was, you know, his mom had binged the episodes of American Horror Story, tinkered with it, and this is the new iteration of the game. The child loved it. Says it is much better than the first time, this, that, or the other. They basically go out to celebrate, and they wonder, I wonder if the ghosts are out there, and this, that, or the other. And then we see the familiar red ball roll under the couch, and the episode ends. What does that mean? <laughs> I'm very confused. I was confused. <laughs> I didn't know what that meant because I was confused. I, yeah, I was we... expected to suddenly see like a rubber-clad hand come out and grab the ball. We should have seen an infantata or something. Like I was confused because we we see that American Horror Story is a television show. Now that we've seen that this was a game. So all of that stuff with her visiting the real murder house and then seeing the ghost from the show, like all of that was the game. So clearly that's not what actually happened. That was us watching the kid play this incredibly mature game. I mean, let's be real. Kids are out there playing, um, you know, uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto and slapping the pimps and the hoes and all that kind of stuff. So it isn't that shocking that the kid is playing this very adult game. But he's playing this game, and now we know that it's a game. So American Horror Story is a television show in this episode. They're making a game about it. All of the stuff that we saw with them interacting with the murder house was a part of the game. So why is there a rubber ball rolling on the damn ground at the end of the episode? Are we supposed to believe that the murder house has invaded their house? Like, I was confused. Priscilla, explain it to me, please. You just asked me the number one question that I was left at the end of the episode wondering, too. Because I was like wait a second, does this mean that the murder house infiltrated them kind of like the set, like kind of like the ring at the end of the ring when Samira come, comes out of the TV or something and now <laughs> you have ghosts coming out of the video game that she programmed? Is that it? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Because if so, that makes no sense, because she created the ghosts then, didn't she? Wouldn't it be easier for her to just get rid of them? Who are you going to call? <laughs> A neglectful mom. That's who you're going to call. <laughs> <laughs> the only way that I could remotely explain that ball in a way that I didn't feel like I was trying to just come up with something to pacify my confusion and bewilderment they have is a dog. that we were not supposed to take that ball as meaning anything other than kind of like a tongue-in-cheek American horror story is with all of us. It's where we are, who it's part of us. It goes, I don't know. I, I, I can't really verbally explain what I'm trying to get at, but 
I don't necessarily think that that was meant to be like, a, oh, God, the ghosts are in their house or they're living in the apartments that the house was maybe it really did get rid of it. I think it was more just kind of a, hey, the season's over, but we're going to be back and we're always here. The second thing I came up with was, you know, supernatural entities. One of the biggest things that they talk about that provides them power is belief. So by creating this video game, she fostered an environment which the belief in these beings could be expressed in a way that, you know, I know I get immersed when I play a video game. I get invested in my characters. And that's some pretty hefty emotion. Like, I've cried at the deaths of characters in video games. So it could be going the route of, like, the kid liked the game so much and she put so much blood, sweat, and tears into the game that it did provide an alternate way for the ghost to manifest outside of the motor house. I said motor. I meant murder. But... I don't like that idea because of the simple fact I like the rules. I like how they were. I don't want it to suddenly be that they can start breaking those rules. But those are the only things I could come up with. Mm-hmm. I only play Fortnite and I die all the time, so I can't really cry over my character dying. But uh, <laughs> um, Or the other option, they have a dog and the dog kicked the ball. <laughs> uh, you know, they just forgot to pan out. Um... Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't have the answer. I I, I don't. I, I do like the idea that you just said, Vinny, that sort of like they became fixated on the house. So like, in essence, the house has become real to them. So like the murder house is invading their house. We don't really get much of it. It's just a red ball. So we don't really know if the infantata is like all of a sudden in the, in the attic, maybe or or something, or in you know, and, and I like I don't know, I can't really tell you. It was very confusing though because like after now realizing that everything was the game, then why is that ball there? Because like everything in the game was not real, so everything in the game is not canon. So what did we just watch? And, like, maybe none of that character development that Michelle got actually happened. She's still an obsessive lady. I'm just so confused. I don't understand it. But Vinny did actually tease a little story that I'm actually dying to hear. And it's probably going to be better than this actual fucking episode that we watched. (laughs) So, yes. All right, sure. Uh, So, in the neighborhood that I grew up in, uh, there's a main road that you come down that you turn right to go, and it's your typical suburban asphalt road, nothing else. There were cornfields on the left of it, na- neighborhood houses on the right. Now, if you kept going down this road, you would come to a gate where there was this large swath of land on the Chester River, and there was this mausoleum from people that were lived elsewhere and owned the property and buried the uh, remains there. But the mausoleum is not the part of the story. Um, So this property, there was a family there that generations ago owned the land. Uh, I think it was back in like the 17, 1800s. And you would go down this like mile long road and it was nothing but farmland. And at the very end, there was a driveway leading down to a three-story old farmhouse overlooking the water. Now for most of my childhood, this house was abandoned. It was in really bad disrepair. Uh, I mean, we're talking like in, the front of it when you walked in, like the steps were collapsed, the roof eventually collapsed on the front porch. Um, 
So you would, it, I mean, it looked like a haunted house as you walked up to it. To me as a kid, it just looked really, really cool because it was very ramshackle. And when you went inside, like you would find things like there was an old grand piano that had been left to rot there and its strings were all busted. It was in the middle of what had once been the living room. Um, we found newspapers from the 1800s, 1700s lying around. Uh, one of my friends found like remnants in a closet of what might have been like a dress or something at some point. Um, so this house was in really bad disrepair. It was spray paint everywhere from people who it was it was a hangout. Um, for a while there, you could go to the third floor where the children's bedrooms were, which, which were really freaking creepy. Um, there was like peeling childish wallpaper and there were always weird smells from animal droppings in the house. But there was always also this like smell of like decay and mixed with the, the salt air of the river that it sat on. Um, down in the basement, my friends and I actually found manacles attached to the basement wall. They were rusted and all that, but they were very clearly manacles. Whether or not they were used for something like slavery or whatnot, I don't know, but there were definitely manacles down there. The basement was really super creepy, but that was all that was down there. Uh, it had once been a pantry, obviously, because there were like shelves. Um, so now that I painted the picture of the house, uh, my best friend Zoe and I, one day, we rode our bikes all the way down this road, and we discovered that you could no longer get to the third floor. The stairs going up to the third floor had collapsed, the main staircase in the center of the house. And then there was a servant's staircase uh, in the second floor that would allow you to get up there. But the roof up there had caved in and there was no way. It was all rubble and dry, uh, not dry board, but um, the way they used to do the walls with the wood inside instead of drywall, um, that had all collapsed. You couldn't, you couldn't climb over or you would have hurt yourself. And there was only a very small way to get to the top. So no more going to the children's bedrooms up there. Uh, so, you know, we did our usual thing, like we explored, we walked around, and while I was there, I was in the living room, and I thought I heard a laugh, and I thought it was my best friend. But then when I went to go look and see if she was in the other room, she wasn't there, she was upstairs on the second floor, and I still thought that might have been her, so I gave it no mind, um, and then I started to smell perfume. And Zoe wasn't wearing perfume. She wasn't a perfume. I mean, we're talking like this was very floral. It was very expensive smelling because it smelled almost like natural flower essence. Uh, and it smelled kind of like jasmine lilacs or something. And I was like, okay, maybe there's wildflowers, maybe something. I don't know. We, you know, we did our usual thing. I mean, we were young. You know, we would play pretend like we were the lord and lady of the house and all that. Nothing really weird happened other than those two things while we were in the house until we left. So when we left, we got on our bikes, had our backs to the house, and we were going down the driveway back to the road that we would ride about a mile and a half back to the neighborhood. And Zoe was in front of me, I was behind, and I randomly just felt like someone was watching me. I just, that feeling where you know that there are eyes digging into your back, and I just, I, I couldn't figure out what it was, so I turned and I wasn't riding my bike yet. Like we were walking our bikes and I turn and I look back at the house and the way that this house is your typical box farmhouse, three stories tacked on top of each other. And the center was a peaked roof, like a triangle. And within that triangle, there was a very small bay window. And then there was a big uh, double set panel of what had once been two very big, obviously probably very nice windows looking out of the nursery. Those windows were gone. They had been shattered, uh, but standing in, the shattered window frame from the third floor was a woman. It was the figure of a woman. Like I couldn't make out her face. I couldn't make out specific details, but from the silhouette, she was very obviously clad in a dress. Um, 
and I couldn't make out much other than she had blonde hair. Uh, and she looked down at me and she was staring at me and Zoe and she had like this feeling of sadness, but then also a feeling of anger. And I just felt this massive sense of like weird foreboding. Uh, and then I realized she was standing on the floor of the third floor. She was standing in the window of a third floor bedroom where there was physically no possible way someone could have gotten up there. And there's no possible way someone could have been living up there because there were no ladders on the outside. There were no ropes. There was absolutely no tree to climb. There was physically no way for someone to be up on that floor anymore. And then I called over to Zoe and Zoe came back and she's like, what, what are you doing? And, and then in mid-sentence, she looked up and she saw the same thing. And the lady just kind of stood there and then she turned and walked away and she was gone. And it was the creepiest, not scary, but it was very creepy. It was very weird. And it just, that was my first ever experience with a ghost. Ooh, I got chills. <laughs> and that was the first, you had been going to that house many times and that was the first time anything strange happened. Yeah, it was the first time. Uh, I used to go to that house like every weekend um, because Did it was stop? just so fascinating. What was that? Did you stop? So we had to because someone bought that house and renovated it. And they were kind of mean people. They wouldn't let us back to play on the property anymore. And they locked the gates and you couldn't get back there. Um, and I never got to know the people that live there. So I always wondered if they had any experiences. Oh, uh, I do have friends in the neighborhood that went there and they went down in the basement, which I, I felt like I had common sense not to do. But one of my friends actually, like they had a little bonfire party down in the basement and they said they heard moaning and they heard like growling and really creepy shit. And they actually put the fire out and left because they had the crap scared out of them. But I never experienced anything else other than that lady there. Well, the new owners had a nice babysitter. Right? <laughs> That's interesting. Priscilla has shared with me in the past, uh, not to tell her stories, but I, I believe if I remember correctly, if I remember correctly, Priscilla, your college or something was haunted, something like that. And I remember you told me there was a story of um, like kids, like a train running into like kids or something. And if you park your car on the train tracks and put it in neutral and if you had put um on their on your bumper like flower or something like the kids end up pushing the car over the tracks because they try to save you do i remember that correctly priscilla yeah you remember that right and you did that right and you saw the little children's handprints yeah i i've i've seen the little children's handprints on the on the on the on the car and I, my dad's done it too with with heavier cars too with with trucks and stuff like that wow. the, the children i mean i do have a life. really scary experience if you want to hear it i mean might as well I mean, it's scarier <laughs> than the episode that we saw um I went to Harpers Ferry, West Virginia once, and I'll keep this short and sweet, but uh, it's a very old town. It was part of the Civil War. There was a battle there, and uh, one of my friends thought it would be hilarious to piss on someone's grave, and my friends and I basically got chased by some kind of black mass in the night. Like You could look at the darkness and like see something was moving, and we hightailed it down a staircase that was built into the mountain because the moment that he did that, this like wind came through, and this smell of like rot and decay and anger and my friend ended up having scratches on his back. And it didn't stop until we got out of the city limits. 
Well, listeners, don't ever pee on anyone's grave. <laughs> Lesson learned. The more you know. Do 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 do. Yes. That's terrifying to have to like run out of the city limits. Yeah, I mean it's a small podunk town, but and I think it was because of the running water because you cross a bridge to get into the town, and there's always that like legend that you know they can't cross running water or whatever. I think the river doesn't ring the the town, but yeah, it was like the moment we crossed that bridge, everything felt better. <laughs> so. Was there anything that I missed in the episode? Either of you would like to bring up? We've been bitching a lot about the episode. Was there anything that <laughs> we didn't bitch about? Uh, one thing I, I would have bitched a lot more had a, a ghost killed me. But she was just kind of like, no, it was me all along. I, I wanted to die. I was like, what? What's wrong with you, lady? Yeah, she I was like, you know, you might have stabbed me, but, you know. It was really me. And I was like, what? <laughs> right. So, I, oh, my God. I'm, it was I'm the like game, looking... though. It was the game. It was the game. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, let's pick an MVP, the most valuable player. State which character and pressure throughout the episode and why. Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again. So, Choose wisely. Let's see who's going to go first. Priscilla, who's your MVP and why? My MVP is going to be um I forgot what her name is. It because I always confuse the name Ruby and Scarlet. Um the one that's played by by um by the model's daughter. Cindy Crawford. Ruby. Uh, Ruby, yes. Ruby, yes. I, I, liked, I liked her character the most. I feel like she had the most highs and lows of any character. I, I feel like she portrayed like love the most. And then after that, she portrayed sadness the most. And she had to go through highs and lows of like having like a really fun Halloween night go to shit with like uh, with having her dreams crushed with this new kid that comes and destroys all of like her romantic fantasies and then having that like really like sweet moment with her and Ruby with her and Scarlet I should say like coming back together again in the house once more with the rubber suit. So I I would say her. Vinny, what about you? Your MVP and why? Ben Harmon. (laughs) I mean, I, you know, I know he wasn't in the whole episode, but when I do look back in this episode in the future and I think about it, he's probably going to be the only real thing that I remember or think about fondly the most. Um, you know, it was nice to have the return. It was nice to see the character again. But the reason that I'm picking him for the MVP is even though it was in the quote-unquote game, uh, the way that his character did step up to plate and try to help the mother and try to, you know, really give her the warning and 
you know, just to return to that character, it brought a little bit of wistfulness for me. So I really enjoyed him. And I think that even though he was part of the game, he was a key element because he acted as the exposition to the character of the mother into, look, you dumb bitch, this house is real. You're going to die, you know, and it just overall, that was the my favorite part of the episode was his bits. Um, so, yeah, he gets my MVP. All right. I'm going to give it to Michelle, the mom, and I'm not giving it to her based off of the plot. And what I mean by that is based off the fact that it was in the game. I'm just going to give it based off of the performance because I really like Mercedes Mason in this episode. Like I was invested in her. Like I understood her. Um, I didn't like that. She was basically, um, you know, she was like a simp to her child (laughs) It, which, that, it, you know, I'm like, grow a backbone, lady. Um, but outside of that, like, I liked what she did. I liked her interactions with the characters. I would love to see her again in another episode playing a completely different, much stronger character. But as far as her arc, I did end up liking it. Um... I have to forget the end, because once once again, the plot. But as far as just her arc as a character, I really like what she brought to the table. Now it's time to rate the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 video games? The point system is allowed, and if you found the episode exceptional, deserving a more than a 10, you may grant it the coveted golden video game. It's um, It's digital, so you just have to download it. No physical copy. Let's see. Let's start off with Vinny. How would you rate this episode? Uh, I honestly was dreading this part (laughs) because I was so on the fence. Um, You know, coming into this episode, I had so many expectations and I don't feel like they were met. I had hopes they were not met. There were a lot of parts that I liked, but because this was the finale of the first season and this was supposed to be what we are left with to head into the flagship and make us our appetites wet for next season of this anthology, I honestly am going to give this a four. I Four video games. I, you know, analytically, I just would not feel comfortable giving it anything higher than a five. I'm probably, you know, almost at a four and a half, but I'm going to go with whole numbers. Um, I did not walk away from this episode feeling fulfilled. I did not walk away with a feeling of, oh my God, this was an amazing episode on top of an amazing season. As we've podcasted about, not every episode in this season was really well done. There were a lot of hits and misses. Um, There are continuity errors. There's been, you know, ups and downs. Uh, But for the episode itself, I think that you know, as much as I hate to bring it back, it was another instance of like diet American horror story. It was, we're going to take elements that everyone knows and loves and take these expectations and drop some hints by a returning character coming back and, you know, try to give, get the hype up only to have the people that were drawn to this episode, potentially because of seeing what we didn't get in the first two episodes of the season to not get that again. And that's where my biggest beef is, is that if you were going to be going back to the murder house, we should have gotten more finales are supposed to be big. They're supposed to be awesome. 
And this really, I, I didn't feel like it, it was a good finale. And for, as an episode in and of itself, I found it clunky, very confusing. While, if I take the analytical part away, I did enjoy parts of it. When I look at the picture as a whole, I just think they did not really hit the mark on it. So I'm going to go with a four. Priscilla, we're starting off with the four. Are we going to move up? Oh, no. We're going to move exactly the same. It's a four. It's definitely <laughs> a four. I, I, I completely agree with Vinny. I think that this episode hit, hit the bricks hard. It was just, it, like, the, the game thing didn't work. I thought, I thought that was just trying to hit, trying to be cool and hip with the new millennials and the new Generation Z. And it, it really, it, it didn't, it wasn't cool. And it, when it it tried to do something else, which was try to explain the the magic of the horror house to us, which was which takes away the magic of the horror house, which is a big no no. It it ruins the the point of it. It ruins the ghostliness of it. It ruins the appeal. It ruins the punishment of it all. And I don't know, it just, it took everything that was great about Horror House and just made it trite, useless, not very appealing, so for. That was a drop the mic moment. I like it. And (laughs) I will co-sign. I'll give it a four as well. Uh, see, here's the thing, because there are aspects that I did like, much like Vinny, so I am torn. But the general concept doesn't work for me. The meta-ness doesn't work for me. The ending is very strange, based off of everything that we saw before. The fact that none of this is canon. The fact that, yeah, the meta-ness was way too much for me. Uh, it confused me. Because even if we remove all the video game aspect, at the end of the day, it is a woman that's making a video game of American Horror Story, the series. So removing the canon, removing the fact that in the video game she goes to the murder house and she's recognizing characters but thinking that it's the actors, it, at the end of it, it's her making a video game of AHS. So it's confusing based off of the rules that we were given about AHS. So... Yeah, it it's just it it was it was not fully satisfying and it was disappointing based off of all the leaks that I saw. I this was not what I was expecting. We didn't even talk about the opening credits. I mean it was video game oriented. It was like one of those first person like Slenderman type of video games, all the the horror video games that are out there. Um that was interesting cuz that actually looked like a video game. Um, but then once we saw the video game, it would look like people, so it was a little confusing. But anyway, let's grade the season. We're giving a letter grade, A, B, C, D, F, to the entire first season of American Horror Stories. The first season of this spinoff. Pluses and minuses are allowed. I'm going to go first. And so I'll, before I give the letter grade, I'll explain sort of the methodology. For me, the middle episodes were really good. I enjoyed uh, uh, Drive-In. 
Bro House in its ridiculousness, I enjoyed. Baal was really good. Feral was really good. And then we have the bookends. You know, the two in the beginning with the murder house. I do recall liking the first one more than the second. And we have this one, which I probably have about the same feelings as I had. Maybe a little bit worse than the second part of the murder house premiere. So, four, five, I guess, out of seven I enjoyed. The ones that I really enjoyed, the ones in the middle maybe are weighing a little heavier um, because they were really, really good. So I'll give it... I'll give it a solid B. It's not a B plus. It's not a B minus. It's just a B. And uh, the weight of that B really is those middle four episodes. Unfortunately, as much as I enjoy The Murder House and as much as I always enjoy revisiting it on The Mothership, for some reason, it just didn't really click this time around. Um, maybe if in those first two episodes we would have seen Ben Harmon or something like that, maybe that could have helped the first part of the Murder House bookend, but this second side of the this other bookend with the finale just did not work for me at all. Um, but the middle ones were actually really good. So, uh, Priscilla, what about you? How would you grade this season? What grade would you give it? Well, unlike you, I liked the first episode, but I didn't like Feral. And I never really gave Bro House my my recommendation, but I really liked Bro House. And I I liked the ball, and I I don't know, I'd, I'd say within that I liked most of the episodes. It's just this last one, the, these last couple of ones that I just didn't particularly care for. So, when it hits high, it hits really well. But when it hits terrible, it hits terrible. So, it averages out to like, a 70, I think, so I think like a C, a, nah, like a C plus, like, I, I, alright, like a, yeah, C plus. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Okay, plus. good. So we got a B, we got a C plus. Vinny, what about you? I am going with a solid C. Um, when I think back on this season, there's really nothing that makes me sit there and say, no, no, I need to give this season much more. I need to blow it up and, and say that it's amazing. Um, you know, I, I really loved Feral. That was my favorite episode of the season tied with the drive-in. I really enjoyed both of those. Uh, and I, I did enjoy, you know, I think Priscilla and I were in the same camp that we liked the episode of the first two that you didn't, you know, more. Um, but in general, this this entire first season of the anthology to me just I was trying to think of the way to sum it up. And it kind of came across as discarded ideas um, or some of them that which were very silly and they didn't go through with on the flagship um it was very haphazard it was very disjointed at times i agree with priscilla when it was up it was up but when it was down it was down and i was you know i've been thinking about it as we go i was prepared to give this season a b but how disappointing that finale was i just i i really can't i, I would not feel right you know i to be 
very honest, as much as I enjoyed those few episodes, I, it really would not be the end of my world if this did not get a season two. As much as I love casting with the two of you, I really do. You know, it, it's I'm not invested in in this series 100%. It, it was fun for a few episodes, but overall, I, I think that they could have done a lot better and they should have handled such a precious piece of real estate as the murder house with more respect. I think it was almost blighted in some ways with how cheap they made it in some instances and how disappointing the murder house episodes were as, as bookends. So I don't hate it, but I don't love it. I just, I enjoyed it and kind of like it. So a C feels appropriate. So it's the season finale. Usually at this point on other podcasts, I ask for predictions for the next season. This is an anthology series. So I think it's difficult to make prediction. So let's call this hopes for season two. Season two has already been announced. It is coming in 2022, whether Vinny wants it or not. But um, (laughs) I do. No, I know I'm teasing (laughs) you, but it is coming. So what are our hopes and dreams for American Horror Stories season two? And I'll start it off by saying something that I wish, and I hope this would be a hope also just for American Horror Story, period. Like, I want Ryan Murphy to become obsessed with, like, legends again versus, like, next generation Hollywood. Like, it seems as if Ryan Murphy is now obsessed with the children of celebrities a little bit more than the legends. And I liked it when he was obsessed with, you know, the Jessica Langs, the Angela Bassett's, the Kathy Bateses, you know, etc. And it, it, you know, I don't know. It's just a little weird that now he's like obsessed with like the Paris Jacksons and the Kaya Gerbers and, uh, you know, the, the Noah Cyruses. I, I feel like what's next, you know, Kylie Jenner. Like I, I just. I feel like he needs to recenter himself and think of the legends because there are so many just horror icons that aren't maybe doing a lot of work. Like we had, uh, who was it? Um, um, Adrian Barbeau had a small little role. You know, getting people like that, you know, maybe people that you can't get to commit for an entire season of American Horror Story, you know, like the SMGs. Um, I, my dream is still Michelle Pfeiffer on American Horror Story, but maybe she doesn't want to commit to like 10 episodes. One episode of American Horror Stories. You know, getting some of the legends, some iconic horror people. Um, what was the name of the Nightmare on Elm Street lady? Um, she played Meta um, in, in, in A New Nightmare. Uh, oh gosh. Heather Langenkamp? Heather Langenkamp. Is she still alive? Oh yeah, she's still around. Okay. So Heather Langenkamp. Like bringing some of like iconic people into this i think would work a little bit more than like next generation hollywood that's just my opinion um the only other thing that i would like to see is if this was murder house centric i don't know if next season will be kind of asylum centric with like asylum bookends um but it would be nice if they followed in that path that they've already set uh, whether they go in the season order or, you know, they skip around seasons. I, I know Vinny would love maybe like a, a coven type of inspired episodes. 
So if they do that, if they can continue sort of like the precedent that they set with this season, that would be kind of neat. If not, then why the hell did we have to visit Murder House so many times? Vinny, what about you? Hopes for American Horror Stories, duh. I hope that season two does better with the bookends if they continue to do it. But in all honesty, you know, as much as I would love to see, you know, Asylum again, Coven again, honestly, Ryan just needs to stop and just make this an anthology series of what the rest of the episodes were. Because out of all of the episodes in this season, the one that hit the best for us was truthfully the the ones that were not in the existing universe, mm-hmm. that they were intellectual properties that we have never seen before. You know, Feral and Ball and the drive-in, they were, they were great, and they didn't have to rely on the crutches of Murder House. So in season two, as much as it would be nice to see Asylum, because Asylum is, you know, kind of like one of the bastard children of the series because we don't get a lot of callbacks to it, I would honestly like to have this be a departure from the flagship series and have them utilize... Those episodes that could be bookends to the flagship to instead give us more stories like the ones that we really enjoyed. Now, as far as wishes for things, I think it's a great opportunity to, like you were talking about, like I would love to see Michelle Pfeiffer, Heather Langenkamp. I would love for them to branch out and bring in more people. This series, being an anthology, is an excellent vehicle to get people who maybe would not be able to commit to the full season, but to come in for an episode. Like, look at Danny Trejo. He filmed for, like, three days. We loved him in Bro House. You know, I I think it adds some new blood and new life to the series. So there's a lot of potential, and I really hope that they kind of up the game and they give us a lot more excellent stories and maybe some references, but skip the meta. Don't make, you know, a good third or fourth of your season connecting to the actual flagship series. You know, give us some light touches, maybe one episode, but let this series stand on its own and let's see where it can go. I like that. I like that. Priscilla, what about you? Hopes and dreams. I I honestly think Vinny hit the nail on the head with with letting the series stand on its own because... The drive-in episode was masterclass theater. It was awesome. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, if if all the original episodes could be like this, like, then it's going to be golden. It's going to be like another Twilight Zone it's where you're going to remember episodes like this, like, when you're in your 80s and stuff like that, thinking back to classic television and thinking to yourself, man... Do I remember this really good moment in TV? And you're going to think to yourself, yeah, I remember drive-in. Like, but it uh, honestly, it didn't end up that way with how we graded the season. But it could have. And it if, if we get another season of it, it really can if they concentrate on just letting these single episodes, letting, letting them breathe and show up for themselves because bro house is really good too totally i co-sign all of that um something that i didn't mention was maybe some sequels like i wouldn't mind sequels to some of uh, like the ori- the original stories from this season um i don't know how you would do it uh but you know maybe a sequel in the primal world 
or a sequel following Danny Trejo's Santa, you know, killing other people on Christmas. That might be kind of interesting, um, seeing sequels to these stories that they set up in this first season, uh, you know, maybe bringing back Billy Lord and seeing what her spawn with Baal will be about. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that might be kind of interesting. Um, so that might be something that they should think about as opposed to 100% needing the mothership as a crutch. So on that note, we would like to thank everyone for joining us these past six episodes. Uh, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for Are You Afraid? AH Stories and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. My co-host, for the final time this season, please wish the listeners a good night, starting off with Priscilla. Good night, everybody. And Vinny. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We will talk to you next season. Thanks for tuning in. From all of us here at Are You Afraid? Hashtag AH Stories. We wish you a good night.